As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that thought pole dancing was a type of clogging they did in Poland, it's Sif Pop. <laughs> Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woot. I'm your host, Aaron Dyser, and he's my forgiving and formidable co-host, Andrew Ormsby. Uh, hi! And each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. You're still thinking about the I intro. I really am still thinking about that <laughs> intro. That whole... Pole clog. dancing. Yeah. Type of clogging they do? I thought it made sense to me. Made sense to me quite a bit. Uh, the reason I bring it up, of course, is because we're going to talk about Hustlers this week. Yeah, we is. J-Lo is doing her own Magic Mike movie. I yeah. wonder if it's in the same universe. You get the Magic Mike universe and the Ramona universe. I mean, it's not like there's any crazy interstellar sci-fi stuff happening in either movie. <laughs> They're both fairly well grounded in reality. Wait, isn't is, this based on a true story? This is based on a true story. Yeah, yeah so. it's an article written about a, a true story. So, so uh, was Magic Mike ever... Well, I mean, technically, it's a show in Vegas now, isn't it? So. I think that's right, yeah. So there we well, go. Technically, it's Channing Tatum's uh, true story. There you go. Uh, kind of. Not really. Uh, Alright, we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about the Goldfinch a little bit, too. Award season has You're officially talk about well, you'll talk about it too just because you haven't seen it you'll chime in you'll have questions yeah right you'll, you'll play the I cannot inquisitor i cannot recommend this movie enough <laughs> and that is a two thumbs up recommendation from gold McFlurry. No, it's, it's more like i cannot recommend this movie 
because oh. <laughs> I haven't seen it, oh. is what you would say. Anyways, yes. uh, we'll also, of course, do all the uh, the regular fun stuff. We do have a uh, best ever challenge uh, based on uh, girl gangs, girl team yeah. up movies. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And then we've got our buried treasure as well today. So uh, we'll get into that stuff. Before we do, though, I have to tell a story. A little story time with Aaron. Ooh. Um, I went to see, uh, as you know, the Goldfinch. Uh-huh. And let's just say the crowd there uh, during opening weekend of the Goldfinch was sparse. But those that were there were even older than I am <laughs> by decades. Ooh. It was a very silver-haired audience mm. uh, there for the Goldfinch. Uh, I think they also were, for the most part, I think it's a book. And they were fans of the book. Uh, yeah, it's a going very to see the, to the movie. I apologize. I didn't know that. It's Gosh, famous enough that I, I was not aware. Uh, but anyways, I was sitting two chairs down from um, just this this beautiful uh, couple of old ladies. And I say that with the utmost respect. But I had decided I was going to have some peanut M&M's. You know peanut M&M's? I've heard of them. They're my favorite movie snack, right? Okay. So I get my peanut M&M's. I open it and I'm eating my peanut M&M's. And she turns to me as soon as like we're like just a couple minutes into the movie. And she says, will you be quiet? And I'm just sitting there eating my peanut M&M's. And I'm like, of all the people to get called on the carpet for, you know, poor movie behavior, I should know better, right? Yeah, really. Where was her Werther's wrapper that she was <laughs> Now listen, this is not meant to be any kind of disparaging of our, our, our Did you wise go to, like, elders. like Alamo or one of those like, no, theaters? No, no, no. That it, was actually... just, it was an AMC. So it was just it's straight a in. movie theater. People eat popcorn. See, that was my thinking. I didn't know I had to be concerned about like chewing noises. Like I didn't think that was. But for her, man, like the little crinkling of the plastic, and it was just it was too much. And uh, and so, what? How do you react in that? What What would you What would you do, Andrew? You don't want to. This is a public. You know, this is <laughs> no, a family friend. No, be honest. Not, no, not, I'm well, not. I would probably give her the finger. Really? Oh yeah. Oh hmm. I'm not built that way. <laughs> yeah. I put my M and M's away. I didn't have another one till after the movie. Oh really? Yeah. I just I didn't want to. I didn't want to mess up her. You know, experience. And I was just like, I don't know how to eat these. Like in complete silence, yeah. so I'll just eat them afterwards. And, It'll be fine. And I would be somewhere in between you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I would just wait, friendly wave and then keep eating them. <laughs> well, I did. I did consider briefly the passive aggressive thing, where it was you know, just like you know, uh, where you're you Qua- start, start crinkling a little bit more. Did you, know, you and, uh, buy the candy there? Or did you sneak it in? I bought it there. Okay, well there you go. You paid money for it. That's right. Yeah. Finger. Yeah, it was movie theater approved. <laughs> they sold it to me. If yeah. The movie theater didn't want the noise. Make softer packaging. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, you paid nine dollars for the. I really did. <laughs> I paid like I paid a dollar fifty per M M&M and M. Yeah, basically for that thing. I'll eat it as loud as I want. Yeah. He says after the fact, after completely capitulating in the moment. <laughs> Anyways, I thought I'd share that because it's not like it was not like I was you know answering a phone call. You know, yeah. or listening to music. I was, I was eating my movie snack. Yeah, I, uh, I totally am on your side there. Now, if you were talking or on the cell phone or anything like that, then I'd do the whole "Would you be quiet?" thing. I almost, I no, I didn't. That's not true. I didn't almost, but I had the thought cross my mind after. So you know how the credits come up, 
you know, or whatever. After a movie happens, there are credits. You've heard of this thing? Uh, I think so. Okay. So the credits come up, and immediately these two start chatting about the movie. Did and you I go, had would that, you be quiet? Yeah, I had that passing thought. Would you of be like, quiet? I'm trying to watch the credits right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's just not me. Uh, anyhow, I love it. I thought I would tell that story. So just so you know, there are people out there that think uh, you shouldn't even be eating in the theater. So God forbid she goes to an Alamo. <laughs> Where there's servers walking yeah. around. And, Hi, can I help you? Would you be quiet? <laughs> I'm trying to watch a movie. Yeah. Quit trying to serve me. Uh, all right, let's uh, kick it off with some Do We Care, Andrew. Yeah, every single week, oh, I scour wow. the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss, and we must decide, do we care? All right. Or not. Number one, Denzel Washington being eyed to play the MCU's Magneto. Whoa! Now, is this mo- any more than like conjecture, rumor? No. Um, apparently, the, um, from what I don't know if it was Feige or not, but it was somebody who's in charge of casting for MCU movies. Mm-hmm. They were looking for the possibility of hiring an actor of color to portray Magneto. Yeah. And one of the people, like top of the list, was Denzel Washington. Yeah. Yeah, so complete. There's nothing to this of any kind of substance other than I guess they're have, looking yeah. towards this kind of direction. By the way, it's a great direction to look. I, I mean, think that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally on board for Denzel playing Magneto. Yeah. Oh man, that would be so good. Professor X ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My mutant. <laughs> My mutant. <laughs> My X-Man. Uh, yeah, no, that, that'd be a lot of fun. I'm totally down for that. Now, there's not really much more to say because it's so please. much conjecture. Yeah, <laughs> please. Make it happen, Kevin. Yeah. Make it happen. Yeah. Now, now this one, this next one, we're definitely going to be having some uh, long discussions Ooh, on. Ooh, yeah. good. Bob Iger, you know this man. He kind of owns Disney. Mm-hmm. He I've heard res- of him, yes. vaguely. He resigns from Apple's board of directors Apple after the Apple TV Plus launch announcement. Hmm. Yeah. It does seem like a conflict of interest. Yeah. Well, did you hear about like the uh, everything that's coming with the Apple TV Plus? No, I am very disconnected from Apple Universe, so you'll have to fill me in. Four ninety nine a month. Mm-hmm. If you buy an Apple product with before, uh, and it comes out two weeks before Disney Plus, by okay. the way. Yeah. So, like, beginning of November. Yeah, beginning of November, and they already have, like, trailers for movies and shows and stuff that mm-hmm. actually look pretty good. But um, four ninety nine a month, if you buy an Apple product between now and then, mm-hmm. you get the first year for free. Yes. That does not surprise me at all. That yeah. They had to leverage their hardware yeah. in some way or another. But four ninety nine a month. It's cheaper than Disney Plus. Uh, cheaper than Disney Plus. If you what didn't. most people are getting it for, <laughs> yeah. I'm getting it for three seventy something. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I totally get that. Uh, the streaming wars are real. I I think I'm Netflix on... has got to be like why? <laughs> no. Why? Netflix has Netflix was there first, uh, and they have a built-in audience base, many of which aren't going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. So I, I don't know that wet uh, Wetflix uh, Netflix is worried that much. However, I think I'm on record before, and if I'm not, I'll be on record now. And it's a good time to be on record because now we're after some of the details. Uh, I think Apple's streaming service will flop. I think it'll be gone within five years. 
Um, I just, I don't, their back catalog is so weak. I just cannot imagine, unless they have a huge hit that is so pop culture conscious that people just have to subscribe to it. Um, I just, I don't, I don't see how they make it work. Yeah. I really don't. They're going to have boosted numbers this first year because of that first year free thing, right? So, yeah. like, this is just normal people who buy their iPhone or buy their iPad or, you know, whatever the case may be. So, they'll have that base. Yeah. But then I think those people are going away. I think they really need to. <laughs> Disney's going to make I them really go away. Think, I, I feel like Apple, their strength has always been in their hardware. And I feel like they are kind of dragging their feet in their hardware. And over long term, that's really going to hurt them. Oh, yeah. Nobody's ever liked Apple software. Yeah. Like, nobody likes the Apple, like, platform compared to, like, Windows or or anything like that. It's because it's so... um, Confined. Yeah, it's a closed system. Yeah. Yeah. It feels very, for lack of a better term, incestuous. You know, everything yeah. is within one family. Yeah, there are definitely family. better terms than that. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to. Well, I, I don't mean it in the literal sense, yeah. but uh, but yeah. So you're, you're saying this as I'm using a MacBook, an iPad, <laughs> and a phone. Oh, yeah. And I got an iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing about Apple TV Plus is uh, it's going to be kind of like Prime. Like everyone has Prime, so everyone has Prime TV mm-hmm. service, whatever. Yeah. So it's going to be like that, too. Like you don't have to have an iPhone to get Apple TV Plus for free. And so I feel like a lot of people are going to get this for free and just kind of like, oh, I have it anyways. Like I might as well watch it, you know? Um, what, what do you mean you don't have to have an iPhone to... If you buy, like, an iPad or oh, okay, an Apple, yeah, but an an Apple, Apple product, Yeah, right. anything like that. The, so, Apple TV. The difference is Amazon is the king of online shopping, and yeah. Prime is something that people have because they're the king, whereas iPhone is no longer the king of mobile devices. So are, it's, are they not? No. Do you really think Pixel and all those? I still think that there's way more Well, not market share-wise, at least. Market hmm. share-wise, uh, Android is... Is, is the higher percentage owned of uh, operating system. And a lot of that does have to do with the fact that it's on several different companies' phones. It's not yeah. just on one company's phone. But anyways... They're the- not incestuous. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they expand beyond their gene pool. Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, I don't want to... welcome to Apple. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> I don't want to turn this into an, uh, like an Apple versus Android kind of thing. I just think these are interesting days for the Apple company. And uh, and the other thing is, I don't know that their success depends on the streaming service working. So, I th- again, I think if they focused on hardware, that's where their bread and butter would be. And people, they, they have a loyal base who will buy every phone they put out just because it's got that little Apple engraved on the back. So, like, go with that and yeah. make great stuff, you know. Um, it was just... it. Nope, no, nope, I'm not going to say that because I am going to turn it into Apple versus Android if I'm not careful. So there you go. So we'll move on. Number three. Yep. <laughs> Paramount Pictures confirms that they will be remaking the most extraordinary film of all time, Face Off. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we were going to talk about this. I mean, it's oh. the greatest film ever made. Well, mm-hmm, sure. Feel even, free. Even, even Feel the free good, the bad, and the ugly's got nothing. <laughs> You know what? Uh, I looked it up just because I was curious. This has a 92% positive rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah. Audience or critics? I think critic. That's that's fascinating. Yeah. Um, 
That's that's easily this verifiable. Such, so I will go do that. But this is such a bad movie. He's right. Am that's I right? crazy. Critics wise, it's at a ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. And rising apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Because when I checked, I thought I said 92. So no, yeah. it is 92. 90, okay. Yeah, 92. <laughs> the word's getting about, out about this little <laughs> indie film called Face Off. Oh, man. Uh, what what I thought was really funny is the person who's writing this movie, um, I'm, I'm not going to attempt to say their name because I'll just butcher it, but it's the same person who did the uh, is doing the script for the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie. And I know the writer has no control over this, but I just figured, I thought it was funny that people were really digging at the Sonic the Hedgehog movie for bad CGI faces, uh-huh. and now coming to a movie that's all about, you know, face yeah. swapping and stuff like that. That's what made him think about it. Yeah. They had to do the face swap on Sonic. Yeah. It's like, hey, <laughs> let's get that, that person. Now I want to see the, the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie with Nicolas Cage's face. I look, look, I will say what I always say. Bring me the movie, I'll watch it, and you know I'll let you know if I think it's a if it's a good or a bad movie. I but want, I, whatever. I, I want John Woo to direct it again. We need more doves, people. <laughs> we need. There is a great lack of doves in movies nowadays, mm. and John Woo is doing his best to give us that, as well as the uh, the two guns through the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are a little have a little bit of a dove deficit going on. Mm-hmm. A, the dove a, deficit. A deficit. Yeah, maybe possibly. Uh, I am not excited for this just because <laughs> it is face off. I will wait and see. I like it's just I'm no more excited for this than I am for Mulan or any other remake of any movie. It's just bring it to me and I shall partake and we shall have a conversation. Now here's the thing. You and I differ on the fact that you're not a fan of cringe cage as I call it. Cringy Nick Cage movies. Well, I mean, I'm not a fan because it's cringy Nick Cage, but there's a there's a certain sense of um abandon and fun that can come with Con Air or Face Off or those kind of movies, right? Like uh, what Put I'm, the bunna down. <laughs> um, but there has to. But I think the movie, in some ways, has to understand what it is. Both of those movies understand what they are. What, what's What's strange to me is when you you ask Nick Cage to be unhinged in a movie that you're trying to make authentic. Wicker Man. Um, Wicker Man. Uh, Mandy is another one recently where I'm just like, yeah, this this is stupid. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay, but no that's sense. where we're diff- that's where we're because. Yeah. I can always say, just for the simple fact Nick Cage is in a movie, mm-hmm. I will always have a, uh, as you call it, a, a separation of what my expectations are. Mm. Expectations are, even if the movie is trying, like with Mandy, which I do think is a good movie. I'll never see it again because it's just so sure. out there. But I appreciated it when I saw it because I just went, you know what, Nick Cage. If it's if it's crazy and ridiculous, then I'll just be on board. Right, for it. and that's not enough for me. Yeah. Did you see uh, Left Behind? Did you oh, see yeah, I did. Oh, oh, I had a. We have a mutual friend named Brian, and yeah. uh, we uh, we we saw some Left Behind. Nice. <laughs> oh yeah, nice. we did. Yeah, Isn't that was a strange convergence of mine. awful cultural ideas. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I will see it. I will see it. I imagine they'll make it more uh, technology based. Yeah, uh, is my guess um, that it'll, maybe it'll have to do with um, deep fakes, that kind of thing. Like you know. Oh really? You think? Poss- I 
I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm guessing. Who knows? I'll tell you this right now. If Nick Cage isn't in it and he's not going to be, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm not excited. Because the reason why everybody loves this movie is because you have the most, the two most ridiculous actors trying to act like the other actor. Mm-hmm. You got Nick Cage trying to act like John Travolta and John Travolta trying to act like Nick Cage. So are you are you a fan of Travolta trash as much as you are of Cage trash? Oh, not as much. Because yeah, Travolta's got a new movie out called oh, The Fanatic yes, that looks a lot like, you know, Trash Volta. You know what that movie made? $3,000. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That was its box office intake. Uh, $3,000. Wow. And I've seen uh, snippets of it, and it looks amazing, you know, wow. quote unquote. So, Yeah. But yeah, uh, I think you know I was just raised on travel or on a cage crap. So <laughs> <laughs> cage crap and trash volta. Yeah, trash volta. Yeah. But uh, that's gonna wrap it up for do we care? Very nice. Uh, let's talk some movies, shall we? Okay. Uh, let's review Hustlers. I just want to take care of my grandma. Maybe go shopping every once in a while. When I was a kid, I always wanted to work with animals. <laughs> I was close. These Wall Street guys. You see what they did to this country? They stole from everybody. Hardworking people lost everything. And not one of these douchebags went to jail. The game is rigged, and it does not reward people who play by the rules. But it's like robbing a bank, except you get the keys. Are you in? Inspired by a New York Magazine article by Jessica Pressler that went viral, former strip club employees band together to turn the tables on their Wall Street clients. The movie is Hustlers, stars uh, J-Lo as Ramona, and then you've got Constance Wu as Destiny. They're kind of the main ones in there. And then Cardi B stepping in a little bit. Uh, Julia Stiles playing the the journalist that is telling the story. Um, so yeah, and a nice little cameo by Usher, uh, in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Usher. What'd you think? Did you like it? Love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I didn't like it, which okay. honestly I think is worse than hated it mm. because I am, I don't care about this movie enough to hate it. You got to be passionate in yeah. your hate. Right. And right. I don't care about this movie at all. Yes. The opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference. Exactly. And uh, it sounds like you're having indifference towards this movie. Yes. Well, this could be an interesting conversation. I really like this movie. Really? Um, yeah. There's some... <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be the easy joke for this movie. If you walk what, away from it's this about movie. Because it's about strippers. Right, right. People are just going to go, yeah, you did, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> no, I like this movie. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, no. Well, I, let's be honest. I mean, there's I, I, there is obviously stripping in the movie, and there's new in the movie but it's it's i mean it's not j-lo or constance yeah it's it's a lot of background stuff and and to me on it maybe we'll just start here it didn't seem um what's the word i'm looking for salacious uh it just seemed like natural to that environment you know like there was the camera wasn't focusing on these things you know it wasn't there's a difference in the way I've talked about this often. The way Wonder Woman is shot, uh, depending on whether Patty Jenkins or, is directing uh, yeah. or some, you know a male director is directing, and you can tell this is you know that uh, this I think it's a female director. Yeah, uh, uh, you know Lauren be- uh, Scafaria. Uh, because the nudity in this, or you know that 
aspect of these strippers being backstage, not being fully clothed, that kind of stuff. It's just a normal part of their life. And it's not sensualizing it or making it something that is overtly sexual in those moments. Um, and even the stripping is interesting because it's shot from for the most part, a little bit of a distance because yeah. it wants to show you the male reaction as much as it's interested in the camera showing you, you know, the sensuality of the dance movements, those kind of things. I only bring that up because we kind of started there with that's the joke, yeah. you know, in this movie. Um, but I actually thought it was handled pretty well. It was one of the things I appreciated about the movie yeah. is that you could tell that wasn't the point. Yeah. That's not it's, the point of this movie. It's not Magic Mike, right. which is about... It, exactly. Magic, Magic Mike, in many ways, is about the feeling female gaze uh, or the sensual gaze on these men as yeah. they strip. Uh, and that definitely isn't what's going on here, at least as far as I could sense uh, what yeah. the director was intending to do here. Um, I guess maybe because I liked it more, maybe maybe I'll start yeah, and just chat yeah. about some of the things I like. Uh, I think it has to start with the discussion of the performances. Uh, I think J-Lo and Constance Wu are spectacular in this movie. Const chemistry is um, good. I think the chemistry is amazing, and I think even the, there are moments, specifically Constance Wu, and I do like J-Lo in this, and she's actually getting Oscar buzz for this part. J-Lo? Uh, J-Lo is, um, which is fine. That I think she's great in it, but I'm more surprised the attention isn't going to Constance Wu, yeah. because there are some moments in her conversation with the journalist in this mm -hmm. movie that blew my mind like i was just so there with her and it felt so real like that she was experiencing these emotions of that relationship and the change of that relationship and and all those kind of things um and those performances are to me what sell me on probably the primary strength of this movie which is its empathy uh, this is a movie that is definitely, definitely wanting to take what these characters have done, not absolve them of the wrong things they've done, but give them empathy in a way that these are real, excuse the, the phrase, fleshed out human beings yeah. uh, in this film. And I, I thought that was really well done. So that was probably the primary thing for me that made it to a movie where I go, yeah, I like that movie. That was that was good. So now, did you disagree with that? Did you think the performances weren't quite that good? Um, performances mm, are good. Okay, they're really good. Okay. Actually, all around, I think performances are really yeah. good. But obviously, like you said, J Lo and especially Constance Wu, uh, chemistry is really good. Now, I do have issues with like uh, dialogue and stuff, but that's not performances. Okay. That's you know just writing i will say this right now i hate the script i think the script is horrible mm. as far as from a dialogue standpoint like the story itself is fascinating but i think the way it's handled is incredibly lacking which i'll go into more when we get to negatives but um i mean since we're there i'm, I'm curious as to like could, could you expand on that or maybe give an example yeah. or yeah just let me know kind um, of what you're thinking because i'm not i'm not saying I, I came out of going wow what a script I'm just saying I don't remember having those moments. Yeah, um, there's there's a moment where there's two moments I'll just talk about real quick. They both deal with J Lo and what her character is asked to do. Both times she's giving a really good performance, but from an actual script standpoint, it's really bad. Um, where Constance Wu is on the phone with a client and he's really upset, and then J Lo is like trying to wrestle the phone away. Mm -hmm. It's out of nowhere. There's no reason why J Lo would be kind of aggressive and violent towards Constance Wu. It was just jarring. Interesting. Yeah. And then there's another... So what I hear you saying, and let, let, me, let me just clarify your thought here. Are you talking about dialogue or are you talking about plot? 
like character maybe this growth. next example will okay. kind of give you a better okay sure so there's a part where um j-lo is i guess it's, this isn't really spoiler but she's being interrogated and she says uh tony would never allow this to happen i'm going to give him a call and then the cops say who gave her her phone back no point because i looked this up mm-hmm. afterwards there is no character in the movie named tony we never meet a Tony. Mm-hmm. We never hear about a Tony. It's a it's a scene dedicated to a joke that has no other purpose in it than to be that joke. That, than to show that she had her phone that somehow, she her that phone she was somehow. sneaky enough to keep it or, yeah, exactly. or get it back or and whatever. Then there's, that's a good example of stuff, stuff I saw throughout the entire movie, hmm. of moments that are only done for joke and they have no... Uh, real um what am i trying to say no real ramifications or plot driving forces Mm. so if you have a whole bunch of dialogue you think is just specifically to either make people laugh or to make people go "Ooh, look what's going on there you know it's not driving a story forward now obviously it's not the whole movie oh sure yeah and i certainly didn't feel that way yeah like it wasn't it wasn't uh you know a missing piece that uh, you know, in that moment or other moments mm-hmm. that impacted me. Um, and yeah. maybe I was more swept up in it than you. And so I just wasn't thinking about those kind of things, which is, I mean, it's fine. Yeah. Um, I, I do think, did you think the movie was funny or because you felt like that stuff was, and I'm kind of putting words in your mouth, forced or. Yeah. Um, no, I never, uh, there are obviously funny moments. I didn't think it's a funny movie. Okay. There was like, I laughed one, a lot. There was like one or two moments where I went, huh. But I, there was never a laugh out loud moment for me, not one. Okay, I laughed several times, and our definitely the crowd I saw it with thought it was funny because there was a lot of laughter throughout. Um, and maybe we just had different crowds too. You know that that can be an interesting part of the experience too. But um, man, I just I felt like the, they were so locked into that chemistry and so locked into those performances. Uh, that their relationship was because there was a humor element to their relationship. I felt like all that stuff worked um, with them. Well, uh, how about this then? Um, I think the movie starts off on a really rocky footing for me, and maybe I just never recovered from that because okay. I never understood why J Lo's character really took Constance Wu under her wing. There's even a really like heavy-handed metaphor of taking under the wing at the very very beginning you know what i'm (laughs) talking about yeah Yeah. but i never understood like what did j-lo see in constance Wu besides you know being pretty what did she say pretty asian and young Mm -hmm. or something like that yeah Yeah, i'm like beyond that you have to you can't base a friend a lifelong friendship based on somebody being pretty asian and young you know well but that was in response no i'll I'll push back on that a little bit because that answer was in response to whether or not she could be whether or not she could be a good uh, stripper yeah. It was like how like what are you talking about? You're pretty Asian and young. Like, yeah. you know, you you can do this. Like that was the response to that. It wasn't about her being friends with her. Yeah, but I'd never but maybe it just seemed like a really rocky like why did J-Lo's character decide? You know what? This one. I never but saw But why do any of us decide? You know what I mean? Like it just happened. Like you click with somebody and you have a moment and it's like it builds something special. You can tell that you kind of jive with them or mm-hmm. you know. It just happens. It, just for me, I never really got that footing on why these two became friends, other than the fact they worked in the same place. Like, I never saw anything like a shared interest or anything like that. 
other, other than fleecing Wall Street men. Well, that came after that came afterwards. You know, um, I I'm just going to go ahead and say this is a a part of the plot that is not a spoiler. So I'm going to talk about. I mean, it is the key to kind of what happens with them, but I, it's not like this is being hidden or is something that's a shocking plot movement or whatever. But sure. they do go into um, actually stealing money from these guys in very nefarious ways. Uh, and this is the part of the movie for me that I struggled with the most. Uh, it started to, and actually, honestly, this movie is like Goodfellas in a lot of ways. There is an element to this where valid, uh, valid, uh, v- v- ha, words, <laughs> validating bad actions and championing. Yeah, yeah there's something about the the, uh, the movie really toes a line of making you root for them to destroy these men yeah uh and doesn't really wrestle with the fact that two things can be true these men can be absolute pigs who do not deserve the money they have and have got it in bad ways that can be true it also can be true that is not okay for you to drug them steal money from them and you know put their lives in danger you know what i mean like yeah both of those things can be true and the movie doesn't seem to want to wrestle with that other than allowing us to see the natural consequences of it um which is good which is important uh you know I did have an interesting thought, and this this will be, I guess, as spoiler as you get with a true story, because I'm going to tell you what happens to these women. So if you don't want to know that, um, you know, sure, possibly jump ahead. But we're not doing a spoiler on this, and I think this is something worth talking about. Um, but they have varying degrees of punishment for what they've done uh, when they are caught. And right? it's so nothing it's nothing yeah. and i got to thinking like wow i mean the amount of money they made and spent like if somebody were to come to you and offer you here's the trade you can be on probation for five years yeah right so you're not going to prison you're just on probation you're you know stuck to a certain area you have to you know check in with your probation officer you can't do these certain things for five years and if you do that i'll give you a million dollars yeah i might take the money guys like it doesn't that doesn't see so there was this thing with this movie where i was like and this is kind of outside the film but i'm going wait is our justice system right like this doesn't (laughs) this seems i don't know and and of course i wasn't there for the trial i don't know you know Mm -hmm. um and again in possibly apparently tony's a really good litigator (laughs) yes exactly um so I and I don't I don't want to take that too lightly because I know there are so many factors involved. Yeah. Uh, but it was a thought I had at the end, which was like, man, our justice system is weird sometimes. Oh, here's another uh, reason why I really didn't enjoy the movie all that much, because I never saw these women in a very desperate uh, scenario or lifestyle or anything sure. like that. Where sure. I'm like, I don't understand your motivation for risking all the good things that you are showing me that they have mm-hmm. you know like if they were you know like down on their luck or you know uh uh like in poverty or anything like that j-lo has like a private maid in a super nice apartment in manhattan you know before she decides to start stealing from you know and life is now hard because she can't afford a maid I mean, I'm not trying to say that, you know, people don't, you know, 
it doesn't money isn't always you know meaning that you don't have problems but at the same time i found it really hard to relate to you know somebody's struggles who has so much if that makes sense i think the movie does one of the things it does try to wrestle with is where where is the line between survival and greed and i think that is a theme in this movie where where these women are i never saw survival i only saw greed okay so the survival is supposed to be shown in taking care of your kids and taking care of your mom uh you know it's supposed to be shown in the way that everybody's taking advantage of you yeah um you know towards the beginning it shows how for every you know dollar they make everybody's asking for a handout Mm -hmm. you know uh, the bosses, and if you don't do that, then you know you're probably in a bad situation. Yeah. So those are the kind of things it's it's trying. It's almost like, <laughs> in some ways, in to this would be a much bigger extent, but it's that same thing as when we talk about uh, athletes being millionaires and then wanting more money from the owners who mm-hmm. are billionaires. It's kind of that same thing of, come on, you're a millionaire, man. What yeah. are you arguing about? But at the same time, if the billionaires are making billions off of, some, off of your work, you know, and you're just making millions, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things where you can you can start to see at least the equity issues. Yeah. Um, and so I think the movie is trying to tell it, sell us that as quote unquote survival. I don't, I, I'm like you, it's hard for me to buy as well. I, I totally get that. Um, but one of the things I loved about the movie is it let me into that mindset and how I felt was an authentic and empathetic way. So it allowed me to experience this situation through their eyes and to hear their, their ideas on those thoughts. Does that make sense? Even even if, even if in, even if my brain, I can't just, I can't make some of it work. Yeah. I'm allowed the opportunity to watch them figure out where that line between survival and greed is. And we'd probably draw it. In fact, Constance Wu's character, Destiny and Ramona drew that line differently. Right. And so that's, that's part of the fascinating part about this. Um, yeah. But yeah, another issue I have with the movie is the fact that there are they say, you know, Wall Street is, you know, the enemy here, but they keep showing so many different people and people that aren't even on Wall Street that they're conning, you know, that I'm not sure who you can't give me so many different faces for a villain. And so many, you know, just because somebody's a sleaze bag, you know, doesn't mean that they deserve to be drugged and robbed. Agree. Totally yeah. agree. And that is one thing I don't think the, the movie wrestles with enough. Yeah. Like, if you want this movie to be about uh, these women who take advantage of the Wall Street elite who, after the market crash in 2008, uh, mm-hmm. made away with all that money, then sh- only show me them. Don't show me architects or the poor guys but the the way the movie the one way the movie does attempt to to wrestle with this and it's not a great attempt and again i'm 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 really kind of with you but it does use the non-wall street part of this to have there i think there's one client doug doug yes doug is the way this movie wrestles with it doug gets the moment to go you're destroying my life. Like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not this wall street, you know, guy, this is, yeah. so the, you know, that is that one peak in there 
uh, is through that. But uh, I don't know that it's enough. Yeah. Oh, there's like a couple montages of them meeting, you know, different guys. I'm struggling with I didn't see them do anything wrong. You know, you're just telling me the guys you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, when they're having the montage of them all having drinks with just mm-hmm. a, a, this guy and then this guy and this guy. I didn't see this guy or this guy or this guy until you told me or until I saw them, you know, having drinks with these girls. I'm like that doesn't automatically make them a bad guy. You telling right. me uh, like in a montage, you just want me to assume, OK, that guy there, he he worked on Wall Street. Apparently you want me to make all these assumptions and I just, in a movie like this, I don't feel comfortable making those assumptions that every single one of those people is bad. Yeah. Just because you're showing me them. Yeah. And that's what I mean when I say the movie doesn't wrestle with it enough. Yeah. It, it very much, in, and in fairness, it's not, it's not necessarily what the movie wants to be about thematically. It wants to be about how these women see this mm-hmm. world and that is definitely what they had to do they had to see these men as all the enemy right yeah otherwise they couldn't do what they did and so their perspective is that anybody that you know is in that situation is the enemy uh, and so the movie kind of gives it to us that way as well but i needed more of i shouldn't say i needed i think it would have been beneficial to step back have the movie perspective step back a little bit from their perspective and to make a little bit of at least wrestling with the moral conundrum of yeah. of what's going on there. The only again, the only way they wrestle with it is Doug and consequence. Those are the yeah. that I saw were really no, the only yeah, two one hundred percent right. Two ways that the movie made a, a small attempt to wrestle with the morality. I just remember something I actually do really like about this movie: the way um, audio is er, yes. is used in this movie. Yes, I was just about that was the the one positive I hadn't gotten to. Yeah. There's like scenes where, uh, like on the record and off the record, like when it's off the record, there's no dialogue. Yeah. It's just the lips moving. Yeah. Or like if somebody's mic'd or something, it sounds like all the audio you're hearing is through mm-hmm. that mic. You know, I thought that stuff was really clever. I really do like the way they. I, played that with was that. my one final positive. Was I think this movie technically is made well. I yeah. think it makes some really interesting production decisions that are unique and serve what the movie is trying to do. The, yeah. the sound is definitely uh, one of those for sure. So, um, so yeah, I wanted to mention that as well. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I think that's a good place to, to kind of move on. Unless There's you have a mid-credit any... scene. <laughs> yes. Yes, there is. Thank don't, you. You don't really need to stay for it. <laughs> it's just more slow-mo than back in the strip club yeah. with Usher. With more more ushering. Yeah. Ushers in the rest of the credits. Uh, anything else? No. I don't think I have anything else. I am... Uh, I understand and yet still am a bit surprised at the Oscar buzz for this movie. Uh, I get it, but... Um, but yeah, it's kind of like... That's shocking to me. I think this is a nothing movie. Yeah. Obviously, you didn't that, like it as much as I did, but... No, I really didn't. Um, the co- the lack of consequence, the lack of... And by that, I mean, like, what happens to these girls at the end, you know? The lack of consequence, the lack of... I never really felt like they were in danger either, you know? So, like, I was just kind of 
lulled throughout this entire movie. Like, there was never, like, a really tense or climactic mm-hmm. scene, you know, keep me gripped or anything. And then there's scenes of them going on shopping sprees and stuff like that. And, like, I never got the euphoria of feeling good for, you know, all the stuff they're getting. I never felt tense. We never, if something was going wrong. And then whenever it came time for consequences, nothing happened. So, for me, this movie is just, like... That's why I just I don't care about this movie. I was moved. I think really? that's I think that's why it was I think that's what battled that lull for me is I bought into the empathy of the movie and the empathy of these characters, and so I was moved by some of the things they were dealing with. Because at its core, this is a movie about friendship as well. As much as it is about greed, it's oh, about friendship. I will give the and, movie that it's really fast and the furious family ish. Yeah. There isn't a, there's definitely that element to it, right? Yeah. So that I think is what moved me and kind of kept me um, kept me involved in it was just the emotion of buying into these characters. So there you go. That's Hustlers. Um, you can it should be out for a while and yep. we'll see how man J Lo, fifty years old man. It's crazy. She looks younger than she's incredible. Me. It's insane. All right, uh, let's move on to the Goldfinch. When I lost her, I lost sight of any landmark that might have led me someplace happier. You're the boy, aren't you? The boy whose mother was killed. Theodore Decker was 13 years old when his mother was killed in a bombing at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. The tragedy changes the course of his life, sending him on a string, a stirring odyssey of grief and guilt, reinvention and redemption, and even love. Through it all, he holds on to one tangible piece of hope from that terrible day, a painting of a tiny bird chained to its perch. And you know what that bird was, Andrew? Was it a goldfish? It was the goldfish. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, this is definitely Oscar bait, and we are firmly in award season. And you know what? I don't know that we're going to talk about this one for long. I don't have a yeah. ton to say about this. Certainly don't need to go into spoilers for this. Andrew, you haven't seen it. Uh, before I... Well, I guess I'll, I'll give my liked it, loved it, dislike it, hate it, it was just okay. Yeah. I'm firmly in the disliked it. Um, so yeah, this was not a great movie experience for me. Another reason I probably don't want to talk about it for that long. Does um, it say something that it actually intrigues me more? The fact that you don't like it? <laughs> of course. No, 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 no. What I mean by that is, you know, with a movie that's like, I, I'd never planned on seeing this movie. Right. I really yeah. didn't. Right. But the fact that you say you didn't like it actually kind of got me like, ooh, what's wrong with this movie? <laughs> you know? Because it just seemed like, it's you know. boring. That's it's what's boring. wrong. Yeah. Um, but before I go further into that. Uh, just knowing as little as you know about it right now, what are your what would be your main questions going into it? Like, what would you want to know from somebody who had seen it? Is Ansel Elgort any good in this movie? Yeah, he's great. Ansel Elgort's a great actor. Uh, I don't think he is the problem here. He is given uh, a character who's like the definition of the character is so um, withdrawn. Mm-hmm. That it takes a special kind of actor to be able to pull that off and make it interesting. 
And I just don't know that. Well, I, you know what? I should not put it that way because honestly, there are a lot of people making choices as to how this character appears on screen. And I just didn't buy that part of it. It yeah. was just, it was very much just everything was blah. Um, what about Nicole? I mean, she's Nicole. She's great. Well, I was about that, I'll say that's a, when you say she's Nicole, that can be like Oscar worthy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and here's another part of the problem is Nicole and Ansel really aren't in this movie that much. Um, Nicole in it more than Ansel Elgort is. Oh, really? Um, so, yeah, because Nicole gets to play young Nicole when Ansel Elgort is played by a 13-year-old boy. Yeah. And then also she plays old Nicole when Ansel Elgort is, you know, able yeah. to be the, the character Yeah. Uh, here. Um, there's a secondary character, uh, a Russian character called Boris, Boris. Yeah. that ruins this movie. Oh, really? I hated that character so much. And that character is so integral to the story in some plot moving ways um that is it a performance thing or is it a uh, script thing i think it's a script thing i think it's a script thing and maybe a direction thing i don't like the way this movie was uh put together was directed john crowley yeah uh directed it and i you know it's interesting because i i've never like really known much of his stuff so i didn't know what to expect but um but yeah, I just I, I was not involved in any kind of deep way with the he way he directed Brooklyn. He directed Brooklyn. Yeah, I did not know that. I do love Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. That's the power of Sir Ronan, apparently. Yeah, um, Brooklyn's a great movie. Yeah. What happened to you, John? What happened? <laughs> Here's another question I have: Is this linear or does it go back and forth? Um, it's it goes back and forth. Mm. Uh, does that is that to the movie's detriment or is it fine? Well, a lot of times what I will say with movies that have two different timelines that go back and forth is a problem you can run into is one is one timeline is more exciting than the other. And then you get mad every time it goes to the boring one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're both boring in this case. So it's, oh, no. it's just like every time it switched, it was like, oh, now back to this. Because <laughs> like... I'm trying to think of the movie that had Shailene Woodley in it, Adrift. You know, where you really appreciated it going back and forth. Yes. And I'm like, man, I really wish this was just a linear story. You know, uh, so I'm always curious about people's takes on linear versing, you know, going back and forth. I, I also think that this movie is very dreary and it's it's just it's it's hard to sit through in a lot of ways, not just because it's boring, but because this kid and what happened to everything happens to him. And so he becomes kind of this character that isn't self-actualized in a lot of ways everything is just he's a job yeah yeah there's this element to the central character that doesn't have any kind of driving thing that i could root for or want i I just feel sorry for him that's and that's fine that's an emotion that is an emotion but i just feel sorry for this kid in so many ways so well there's a there's a pawn element to him, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he can't be an antagonist if he's just a pawn to everything that's happening around him. Right. So, yeah. I totally get that. 
And 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 I also think the other part of this is the missing pages aspect. I really feel like this is one of those things where I can feel the missing pages of the book. Mm. Um, and that is the hardest thing and possibly the most important thing for a movie adaptation to do is to not feel like you're missing pages. Uh, and that is the reason movie adaptations have to change the story from the book. Because you cannot tell the actual story from the book without... With, and take pages out. You actually have to change it so that those pages never needed to exist. And it didn't feel like this movie did that in a way that was satisfactory. Um, I could just tell that there was too much here that was trying to be squeezed into this package. Um, the relationships that I wanted to buy into, I just didn't have enough time to. Um, there's an interesting thing between him and Jeffrey Wright's character. Hobie uh, is the name of the character in this movie. Love that and, man. And Jeffrey Wright's great, but in this movie, I didn't. I just didn't have what I needed to really invest in their relationship in the way that I wanted to. And it's just because it's trying to do so much. Like I mentioned, the Boris character. There is something that is supposed to be so beautiful about his relationship with this Boris character that makes what happens later all the more traumatic or interesting or engaging, but I don't have enough time to buy into it. I mm. just don't. I, you know what I'm saying? So there's just there's yeah, all a, throughout. Even the Sarah Paulson the character. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it was one of those things where I was just, I was more bored uh, than excited to see what was going on. I also don't think the movie really has much of a through line plot wise, which is okay again if everything else is interesting and I'm just experiencing the world of these characters. Yeah. But because I wasn't experiencing the characters and the relationships well, not also having like a, a clear uh, plot line of here's what I want to happen, here's what I think is going to happen. Oh no, is it is it going to match up? Like there's none of that here. It's just just existing that's a with, shame with yeah with kind of this boring story so yeah i you know afterwards i kind of looked it's a 24 percent on rotten tomatoes so i'm not alone here wow um this is uh this is out of the awards race <laughs> like this is not happening man 2019 i know we were talking about how we were hoping the back half of 2019 this was gonna make start. up isn't a no. great start <laughs> Oh, this is crazy. It's got to be good stuff's coming. I hear amazing buzz about Knives Out. I cannot wait for yeah. Knives Out. I'm hearing crazy good reviews on Joker, too. Yeah. Ooh. Good stuff on Joker. That'll be coming even sooner than Knives Out. So, mm -hmm. Is that next week or two weeks? Uh, Joker? Yeah. Uh, it's two... Three weeks? Two weeks. Two or three. It, it may be three weeks. No, it's three weeks. Yeah. We're still three weeks out from Joker. Yeah. Next week is uh, Ad Astra, Downton Abbey, and Rambo. Oh, man. Actually, I really <laughs> want to see all three of those. So actually, at, two of those. Three, I actually I am say. seeing all three of those this week. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, Wilson? I don't have... Unless you have any other questions. I don't I really, really... don't. I mean, Luke Wilson isn't great in this, and it was kind of a bummer because I like Luke Wilson. Uh, Sarah, what's... Uh, Paulson. Yeah, Sarah, she... She's she's not given much to do. Yeah. Uh, her and Luke Wilson are a couple mm. uh, in this movie, and Luke Wilson plays his father, um, who comes back into the picture, mm. and he just exists to be uh, pain. To this child and it's just it's like really do i need more of this you know <laughs> yeah. can we have some something redemptive somewhere yeah. in this story so yeah it's like they took it sounds like they just took the book a uh, child called it 
and they only did the first half of it you know like man something good happened you know i just yeah. want something good to happen yeah i didn't i think uh, it's probably a totally different experience if you've read the book but uh but i have well, not. apparently not because i'm sure that there's some critics out there who've read the book that well i i heard those ladies next to me talking about it. they seem to have a good time so mm. <laughs> man when you were crunching you, and munching i was about to say this uh, this is not a joke and this is a truly sincere uh-huh. question do you think that those ladies had any effect on your movie going experience it's a great question it's quite possible i'm always open to those kind of things impacting um and I would say the reason I'm pretty sure not uh, has to do that I have seen again confirmation through other reviewers that I trust that they had the same experience. Okay. So that's always helpful. If I had come out of it going, what an awful movie, and I looked and, you know, the people I usually love are like, yeah. man, the beauty and the themes and all that, I've been like, oh man, they messed that up. <laughs> if only I'd have been able to eat my M&Ms. Yeah. I'd have enjoyed the Goldfinch. You were hangry. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I don't think the goldfinch is worth your time. Okay. I apologize. Yeah. I'm so, so sorry. Uh, before we move on to the best ever challenge today, just a huge thank you to our Sif Pop members oh, uh, yeah. for making this possible. Uh, we love you guys. Um, I, I've been absolutely floored by the amount of support that's come in. I'm actually this week planning to get up on my roof and sign some shingles for our new members of the roofing crew so you should see those Who's posts nice you, <laughs> i'm not shaking your i'm not shaking your hand your death hand mm. <laughs> you're trying to send me to my the hand of thanatos you're not gonna yes, give it a shake no it's not happening uh yeah so it's been absolutely humbling to see your support of what goes on at sif pop some pretty cool things brewing on the channel thank you so much for making those possible sports starts at three bucks a month to be a sif pop member you can check out all the fun uh, things that you get at patreon.com slash sifpop and thank you very very much uh on to the best ever challenge let's mm. go with girl gangs girl power uh girl groups yeah movies that feature girl team-ups uh much like hustlers did i uh, i might have cheated on my number one that's i mean listen i have no nothing i can say after finding nemo last week oh, as a clown God, movie yeah. so <laughs> <clears throat> You know what somebody reminded me on what? Twitter afterwards? There's a clown in Inside Out. I could have gone with Inside Out. Oh, yeah. There's a clown in one of the worlds. Oh, well. <laughs> so much for that. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to hear your cheat. Yeah. At so your number one. Five to number one. I went first last time. I want you to go first. Uh, I time. have the heat at number five. Okay. Um, I had a lot of fun with this movie. I didn't like it. Uh, I, I have watched it once more uh, since the first watch, and I really think... Sandra Bullock is an underrated comic actress. I'll give you that. She is so funny. The other movie that proves this this to me is the movie she did Miss with Congeniality. Ryan. Well, Miss Congeniality is great, yeah. but I was going to say the movie she did with Ryan Reynolds. Um, oh, she, the one where the the proposal. The proposal. Yeah. yeah, I think it's called the proposal. She keeps up with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, like, Reynolds is hilarious, and she is just like right there with him i i and yeah. i think sandra's great in this uh i'm not a huge melissa mccarthy fan but i think she's good in this i don't love everything about this movie but i do have a really good time watching it nice so that's my number five cool yep i'm gonna go with the league of their own yeah that was in my honorable mentions nice you got a whole group of just amazing people in this movie madonna up there with Tom Hanks and Rosie O'Donnell. I mean, this is just a crazy <laughs> cast. It's a fun movie, but with a little bit of an inspirational story to it, you know? Yeah. 
it's a league of their own. You know, it's a you know, it's a movie that if you can make a movie about baseball that I like. That's impressive. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. You're not a baseball fan? I hate baseball so much. I and think you it's... hate most baseball movies? Actually, uh, no, actually, the more I think about it, if there's a baseball movie that's like the only reason I like baseball is because they make good baseball movies, <laughs> like uh, Field of Dreams. There are a lot of great baseball movies. Yeah. Even yeah. Moneyball. Moneyball's a great movie. But that's all about, you know, the... <clears throat> I just think the sport is so boring. It is. It is. A- they montage it in movies. <laughs> like they give you, you know, the good, you know, like, oh, they got the hit. You know, they don't spend like the four hours of the, of, like the left fielder just going. <laughs> yeah. They don't do that, you know. But it, as with a lot of things, it has a lot of it has to do with your, the amount of investment you've done in understanding it too, right? Like yeah. if you understand all the, the technical aspects of the baseball game, those kind of things, yeah. it can be a little more exciting. And it's even more exciting if you have a rooting interest, right? Like that's or why. angels flying around <laughs> down there picking up Owen Wilson, or not Owen Wilson, but uh, Matthew McConaughey. Or a golden retriever. Yeah. Playing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That always, that always works well. Yeah. Uh, no, this is a great choice. Yeah. Uh, immediately, anybody mentions League of Their Own, I'm like, are you crying? Yeah. <laughs> are you crying? Oh, There's no crying in baseball. baseball. Oh, Such Tom a great Hanks. delivery. Oh, my goodness. So good. So that's my number five. Number five. Uh, my number four is Widows. I still have not seen this you movie. You have to see Widows. You I'm, have to see Widows. I really do want to. It's very, very good. Yeah. Uh, again, there are things I that I don't completely buy into in this movie. What's this Antoine Fuqua? But, uh, but no, no, no. This was... Um, oh, what's his name? Um... Steve McQueen. That's who. That's actually who I meant. Because I was thinking, like, yeah, it's the same guy who did like uh, Twelve Years a Slave and Shame and Hunger. And yeah, all Steve the, McQueen. Yeah. Um, it's brilliantly directed. I idiot. love the performances. Uh, I am currently in the. If Cynthia uh, Revo is in it, I'm going to see it because she blows my mind mode, uh, and she's great in this too. So yeah, I do enjoy Widows, and I would highly encourage you to find some time. Uh, to check it out. So that's my number four. Nice. What do you got at number four? I'm going to go with The Help. Oh, I didn't even have this in my honorable mention. Oh, really? I love I guess this I movie. didn't think of it as a as a team-up movie, I but think, you're right. I think, I think that's the, fair. the maids teaming up, you know, and even, you know, um, the way that uh, Emma Stone and Jessica Chastain kind of team up, you know, they're like, we're on the... I, I, I hesitate to call it the Reformation Committee or whatever, but mm-hmm. the people who realize that th- this is, you know, not going the way it should. <laughs> but it's like two team-ups that are kind of on the same side that are still, you know, d- from different worlds, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Um, I think this movie's powerful, you know, and it has a very jarring <laughs> poop element to it. <laughs> but uh, I think Viola Davis just commands this movie. She's yeah. so great. I mean, She's she so just, very great. Yeah. Yep, two uh, two movies in a row with uh, yeah Viola Davis. In it. She so. knows how to get that girl power going. So that's my number four. What you got three? Uh, no Viola Davis in this. Uh, I'm going with Pitch Perfect at my number three. Uh, cool. Yeah, I will uh, agree with you on that one. <laughs> but not that I have it. But I like this movie. It was in my honorable mentions. Uh, I don't think they have captured <laughs> the magic of the first one since uh, the sequels are fine. Um, I actually. I That's actually, generous. I yeah, I enjoy the sequels for what they are. That could just be, uh, you know, my love of the characters and the performers. 
Um, but uh, but that first one is magic. It is it is one of those moments. It is possibly the defining moment when somebody asked me what's a movie you had zero expectations or even low expectations for that you walked out of going that's a great movie John Wick that was that there you go there's your answer Pitch Perfect is mine yeah. I remember walking out of Pitch Perfect going what a blast yeah. and I walked into that movie just not expecting nice. anything so it's yeah it's that a ton of fun that can definitely have a huge effect on how right? you leave a movie if you just go in with like nothing <laughs> and because I'm just thinking about John Wick you know I was like Oh man, I'm gonna go see Keanu Reeves do another action movie where somebody kills a dog and he just goes crazy. And then I left that movie going, "Wow, the choreography! There was actually, you know, interesting world building and all this stuff." Mm-hmm. So I can kind of relate because the chemistry between this group of girls in this movie is otherworldly good. It's up there with like some of like yeah. you think of like, man, you got all of those great people together and they worked so well together. Yeah. Anna Kendrick's just hilarious, and it gave me an appreciation for acapella. I mean, they're good. They're yeah. really good. Yeah. That is the other thing. The soundtrack to, to these movies is is so yeah. much fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. You were talking about low expectations, and I, I just heard an interview with uh, Mark Duplass, uh, and he was talking about how one of the biggest career decisions he made was to shoot for low expectation Uh, creative content he literally thinks about creating things where there's barely any expectations for and then succeeding in those things uh the movie he did with uh this one uh a friend to the time travel movie that he did i'm not sure i he's done some great stuff uh currently i the room 104 is what i always tell everybody about the anthology series that he's doing is is pretty impressive. Um, somebody, somebody to love, someone to love. Safety not guaranteed. Safety not guaranteed. Yeah, that's the time travel stuff. movie. Love that movie so much. So I want to rewatch that. So, anyways, that just reminded me of him when you said that. Yeah, my number three. Number three. Annihilation. Yeah, I got a trumpy on that one. Fair enough. Um, I will do my number two then. Okay. Mad Max Fury Road. Trump. Ah. Okay, that was the one I was unsure of. Yeah, that's my number one. Well, we both have our number ones now. Yeah. Um, so, but we each had it number two, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, is I that was, right? We just have two to talk about, right? You had you I had. I have not an, done my number. I haven't even mentioned my number two. Oh, you had annihilation at number three. three. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about your number two before we talk about our number ones. Mean Girls. Oh yeah, I just definitely it was the top of my uh, honorable mention list. I love this movie. Yeah, it's great. I don't think this movie gets enough credit for how good. I think it is. you're right. I think that people just think that you know it's a teen, you know, girl, girly movie. No, there's some really amazing performances. There's some good writing. It's funny. This movie's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> I think that um, it, it's so such a shame to see like waste of potential i guess you could say but you look at Lindsay lohan i'm like oh man if she could have just kept on this road she would yeah. have been so good and yeah. um who else is in this is amy adams or not amy adams andrew why don't you <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think the movie's uh, very quotable I, uh, rachel I, mcadams is who i was thinking not yeah, amy yeah. adams yeah, uh, I, I like I sometimes quote this movie. One of my favorite lines in, in any comedy um, in the last 10 years is um, when she says, uh, stop trying to make fetch happen. And because like, they're, they're like that's using like a it's so cool kind of thing. But they say it's so fetch. And I, I just I think that stuff is really funny. So. <laughs> I like it's Wednesday. We wear pink. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's yeah, Mean Girls is great. Yeah. Uh, ready to talk about our number ones? Yeah. I'll let you, uh, we'll talk about Annihilation first since it's at my number one and yep. you had it at number three. Okay. Um, I, this movie has grown on me and I loved it when I saw it. But yeah. I just I just think it's absolutely gorgeous, beautiful, um, and intense. Scare bear. So intense. <laughs> yeah. Scare bear. Man. That's the total opposite of a care bear is a scare bear and there is definitely a scare bear in this there, movie yeah the scare bear stare yeah i like the fact that this movie doesn't force the fact that it's a girl team up movie yeah no, it just is what it is yeah it's like a because uh natalie portman says wait so all the there's four female scientists and they go no it's just four scientists the fact that we're female is just a what a, a coincidence or something mm-hmm. like that so but no you got so many amazing people in this movie and Natalie Portman just, you know, chewing up scenery in this movie. For as crazy and outlandish as this movie is, that it's still able to captivate you and rein you in and make you believe in it, mm-hmm. says something about how good it is. This yeah. mo- the ending of this movie is trippy beyond belief, and I've heard so many different theories about where this movie goes. Yeah, what's yours? Um, I think that her and... Uh, who who played her husband in this? Was it... Uh, he, he, what's he... What's his name? He... Uh, Poe Dameron. Uh, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, yeah. I think that both her and Oscar Isaac are actually aliens at the end of this movie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, the alien, like, changes places with them. Spoilers if you haven't seen Annihilation. <laughs> yeah. I think we're okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would highly, 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 highly recommend uh, Annihilation. Obviously, it's at my number oh, one. Yeah. Alex Garland is definitely one of my directors to watch. After Ex Machina. Does he have anything else coming out soon? Annihilation. What is so There is something next on his list, but I can't remember um, what it is. But anyways, uh, I can look that up while you're chatting about our other number one, which was my number two. Yep. Uh, upcoming projects real quick. Uh, oh, Halo. That's what it was. But anywho, uh, yeah, Mad Max Fury Road. I was kind of hesitant on this one because I don't know if it was really a team-up or if it was just, you know, like, uh, trying to save this group of girls. I think it counts. Okay. I mean, it's a bit of a stretch, but it's no Finding Nemo. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I've said over and over how much I love this movie from the the visual effects to the fact that a lot of it was practical Mm -hmm. and the... uh, the use of color in this. Um, I love the fact that it's a Mad Max movie that's really a Furiosa movie. Yeah, totally. Because Mad Max is kind of a, just a nut. He's a side character to Charlize in this. I love this movie so much. Yeah. It's simple. This movie is simple. Girls trying to es- <coughs> escape, bad guys chasing them. That's the plot of this movie. That is literally the entire plot of this movie. Yeah. It's simple and it because... I could have. It could have easily been, you know, oh, let's try and get back into the Mad Max and try and build on this world, you know, and like, ooh, are we going to try to rebuild society? Nope. Girls, yeah, go get them. Yeah, it's uh, it is, <clears throat> it is an incredible film. Yeah. Um, it is uh, incredible. Uh, one of the the films that reminds me what an incredible year for movies 2015 was. Oh man. Um, I, it's funny. I think I have Mad Max Fury Road at like fifth currently, but that's just because Inside Out came out that year. Force Awakens came out that year. The Martian came out that year. The Revenant came out that year. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a Mission Impossible movie that year. Spotlight's a great movie. 
You know, I, it's just it's one of those. You things. You had it at number five. I th- I don't remember if I had it. I have it at number five too. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I have a Star Wars, The Revenant, The Big Short, Spotlight, and then Mad Max. Yeah, Big Short, Brooklyn. The which Room, we are, Room came out. I that know. Year. Brooklyn came out. Creed. Straight out of Compton. Yeah, it's just yeah. 2015 was a ton of fun. So, um, but I that's I always think of when I hear Mad Max Fury Road. I'm like, I really like that movie. Why wasn't it my favorite movie of that year? And oh I was yeah, because like, oh, that movie yeah. was a, or that year was awesome. That year was a blast. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> So yeah, 2019. Look at your brother, 2015, and how good he's he's done. 2018 you, was great too. Why can't you be like him? Yeah, come on. Uh, there you go. Those are our top five. Uh, let's talk about uh, possible honorable mentions. Did you have any? You kind of mentioned mine, like Pitch Perfect, and uh... um, I would mention. Let's see. I'll kind of go and reverse ish order they're not necessarily in order uh bring it on is worth mentioning uh first, oh yeah I, f- I remember that movie first wives club uh at least worth mentioning oceans eight i don't think either of us loved it i didn't like but, it but uh but you know it's definitely one uh let's see little women whatever version you want to pick probably worth mentioning <laughs> mystic pizza did you ever see mystic pizza oh i is that really a girl team up movie eh, or is it just so. waitresses eh, i don't know is hustlers just strippers? I don't. What do you What do you mean? Is it just waitresses? But they team up to do a crime. Yeah, that's true. I don't think they don't team know. up to sell counterfeit pizza. Listen, I'm just naming movies. <laughs> I didn't come here to prepare defense. Mystic, Mystic Pizza is a good movie. Uh, wait, good, good for you, Julia. Waiting to exhale. Uh, I don't know that one. Bend it like Beckham. Haven't seen it. Uh, Whip it. Did you ever see Whip it? Drew Barrymore, uh, the... Oh, Roller Derby, Roller Girls. Much better than you would think. Yeah, it is, actually. I have seen that movie. Man, Uh, yeah, that one could have possibly... No, it wouldn't have made my top five. (laughs) But it definitely should have been an honorable mention. Uh, Nine to five. A little Dolly Parton. Working nine to five. Uh, Bridesmaids. Oh, man, I totally forgot about Bridesmaids. That is definitely an amazing... That could have potentially made like a top five list. Nice. That's movie's hilarious. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants is one that I enjoy. Uh, Girls Trip, certainly worth mentioning. I still haven't seen that one, but I hear um, it's surprisingly better than what people think it is. Girl, you haven't seen Girls Trip yet? No. Yeah, it's worth a watch. Uh, and I thought I mentioned Thelma and Louise, even though it's just kind of the two of them. Yeah. But but yeah, well, it, it's still a team up. It's a team up. Yeah. yeah. So it's just not go. a gang, of, right. a gaggle of women. <laughs> so uh, there's your best ever challenge for this week, and we will uh, move on to finish off with our buried treasure, Andrew. Um, yeah. uh, why don't you go first this week? What's you your buried treasure? Yeah, okay. it's a movie. I picked a movie too. Did you? No. It's like we like movies. It's <laughs> no, amazing. it's crazy. Um, it's a directorial debut from a guy named Henry Dunham. Um, this movie was crazy good. I'm not going to tell you a lot about it because it's one of those movies where I just like go and see it. It's called The Standoff at Sparrow Creek. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. All I'll tell you is that it's about a militia and, you know, like militia, like a modern day, like right wing militia Mm -hmm. and uh, a cop shooting. Okay. And it's not what you th- expect. Mm. Uh, this movie is... There's in- aliens. No. No, I mean, like, you expect, like, a you hear that and you think, oh, it's an action movie or anything. It's nothing like that. There's a lake. Yeah. And the Loch Ness Monster pops out. Mm-hmm. 
No, um, I'm so excited now. This movie is really character driven. It's suspenseful. It grips you from beginning to end because you're. It's kind of a because you're so invested. If the Loch Ness monster is gonna who it's gonna eat, and I know. I mean, like the standoff (laughs) at Loch Ness Creek. Yeah, but no. um, For a directorial debut, this is a movie that really that you would be proud of like hey nice. i'm here um there's been some really good ones lately this uh, came out uh last year but i read an art i was going through articles and i just saw one that said movies that came out in 2019 that nobody's talking about and i'm like Ooh. Oh. and then i found out it came out in 2018 and i'm like oh that makes sense because everything great came out last year because <laughs> <laughs> this actually this one it made my top five easily of movies of this year but 2018, I mean, it it, uh, it, it kind of got pushed down by the yeah the incredible catalog it was a good year. we had. It yeah. was a good year. But no, this movie is incredible, and I highly recommend it. Um, uh, you went back to 2018. I'm going back a few years before that mm-hmm. <clears throat> to uh, 1931. Yeah, it's a little bit further back. Uh, I saw M. Now, the reason I saw M... Did you see M? The reason I saw M is because it was recommended by a Sif Pop member. There's a level of being a Sif Pop member where you actually can have me review any piece of pop culture that you want me to review every month. And uh, M's a classic, man. He, and I had never seen it, and he wanted to know my opinion on it. And so I watched M, and there's a reason M is a classic. It yeah. is... A great movie. Yeah. It is so good. Pete Lore's crazy. <clears throat> um, crazy good. He is really good in this. I, I find it funny. It's a German film. Uh, Fritz Lang directed it. Yeah. Um, he made it the same year Hitler rose to prominency in general, uh, in Germany, actually. Uh, I think he was elected in 31, somewhere around there. Um, and it's kind of fascinating to me because Peter Lorre had to flee Germany yeah. because he is a Jew. Uh, and so, you know, just to think of the, the, you know, here's this incredible movie known as one of the classics where the, the prominent performance is from somebody that the, the leader who was, yeah who was elected there that year wanted to get rid of, you know, and it's just, it's, it's fascinating to me to think of how hate can cloud our uh, ability yeah. to see. So I love this movie for the fact that it's criminals teaming up to try and do good. Well, and it's, it, it, what's fascinating to I'm me I'm trying to be is, very, you know... You don't want to spoil a 90-year-old movie? <laughs> do you honestly... Well, it's crazy that it's a, it's one of those movies like, yeah, it's a really old movie, but still, I don't think a lot of people have seen it. For no. as classic as it is. Uh, sound uh, films started about 10 years before this movie was made. So there have been about a decade of actually even having sound in movies. Yeah. And the way that Fritz Lang uses sound in this movie is revolutionary. Uh, you know, he, nobody had ever done with sound what he's doing here. The fact that there are off-camera sounds, uh, the fact that there's music that is whistled in this this um, movie that is kind of a plot point you know um so it's uh not kind of a plot point it's kind it's the main plot point (laughs) actually so uh it's not perfect it's definitely made in 1931 you know there is some space in it that is just kind of it doesn't feel modern as far as it's editing and you know 
tone and, and well actually the tone feels more modern than you would expect but as far as like the editing theatrical and the pace acting and those kind of things and the acting as well although peter laurie again is great but you're right there's there's something fabulous here about how it's dealing with a serial killer yeah. by the way which is fascinating that back in 1931 <laughs> yeah that they were dealing with this it, it really is one of those things where the last shot of this this movie is somebody saying something about the child that they lost and that we need to do better as mothers to protect our children. And then it goes black and she says, all of us. Yeah. And like the movie just punches you right at the end where it's like, let's take care of each other better. Uh, and it's, uh, I don't know. I, I was really kind of blown away um, because I've watched stuff from this era, like Hitchcock stuff from this era, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And generally I, I have the thought of, Oh, what an interesting story. Well done. Yeah. I, you know, this is different. This is kind of next level, um, great movie making that you just don't expect from something that's 90 years old. Yeah. So there's, yeah. there's a moment and I don't care about spoiling a movie that's 90 years old, even if you <laughs> haven't seen it. Uh, but there's this moment where they're bringing <clears throat> this child murderer to a kangaroo court, basically, which is they've, they've gathered everybody in the community yeah. in this uh, basement of this warehouse to do a court. We don't know that. All we see is him being dragged down the stairs, and we don't know what's going to happen to him. And then we see his reaction to something, and then the shot just cuts into hundreds of people just staring at him still and silent. And then it just pans across these hundreds of people for about five to ten seconds, and they're all just staring, silent, judging. And, that, and it's just... Even it's, though it's five or ten seconds, it feels like it just it lasts. Yeah. Huh. It's 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 just really well done. I, I was I was very impressed. So uh, so if you're in the mood for seeing what cinema was about 90 years ago, uh, yeah. this is some of the best that was made. Fritz Lang. I um I was going through because IMDb has a top 250 movies of all time. Mm-hmm. I wanted to try and make sure that I uh, saw everything. I'm still not done, but yeah. I'll try to see everything. And M was on there. So. You know, it, it, I kind of did the same thing with the uh, AFI Top 100 list when that mm-hmm. came out, but M wasn't on the Top 100 list. So, really? yeah, it where was. was I, uh, where was it on the the IMDb list? <clears throat> do you remember? Uh, let's take a gander. I can pull it up super all, quick. All I have to say is uh, it's worth a watch. 85. So, so it was 85 on the IMDb list. Yeah. Um, it is. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive stuff. Even the way. It's, it was funny because one of the things in uh, in writing for CinemaSins that I always talk about, it's my new pet peeve with movies, is how they use um, news broadcasts as exposition. Uh-huh. Every movie. Like, it's insane the percentage of movies. What classic that, movies? That will use a news broadcast as, well, television didn't exist. But there is a good 30-second space of just reading a newspaper <laughs> in this movie. And I was like, oh, it's always been that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... You just read read the article. We just need to do some exposition right now. <laughs> it's like, all right, fine. Nice. Well, we did it, man. Yeah, we did. We 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 grabbed that podcast poll and danced all around it today. It was amazing. I'd be the best <laughs> male stripper ever, <laughs> ladies. Uh, if you want to see the amazing uh, uh, gesticulations that are happening, as Andrew says that, you can always check out this uh, audio podcast on YouTube. The way you said that made me feel dirty. (laughs) 
Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for coming and hanging out again this week. Huge thanks to Phil for producing the show, both the audio and the video that you can check out at YouTube. Uh, does an amazing job. Also, uh, much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month. You get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks uh, including a monthly video hangout that will be coming soon actually we're going to do a twofer we did not get a chance to do one last month because uh youtube well no 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 youtube pulled the way that we had done them before as an option and so we were trying to figure out a a way around it Uh Uh, but we've got that i think figured out so we'll be able to do a twofer this month uh, you can find out all the information on that at Patreon. Patreon.com slash SIFPOP. Lots of ways to connect with us. Uh, feel free to comment, rate, throw some stars at Apple Podcasts, or email us, feedback at SIFPOP.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it, and that listening is much easier than pulling off an inverted ankle grip split. Uh, we will be back next week. I got this. Uh, we'll be back next week to uh, chat at Astra, maybe Downton Abbey, maybe some Rambo. Who knows what we'll talk about <laughs> next week. But Everything. We, but we will see you there. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.